Hello, welcome to Persuade You, the podcast where I, Stephen, recommend to you, the listener, stuff and things that I think are worth your time in checking out. So last week's episode was pretty heavy and rightfully so. I had a lot that I wanted to talk about. I had a lot of resources that I wanted to put in the show notes and places you could go to learn more. My position hasn't changed uh, since then and there are still a lot, a lot of things that need to be taken care of uh, from voting to in your city hall or beginning to learn about the state representatives that are going to be running for office this year. Remember those are every two years, not four years, like we have a presidential election. So those are some things that you need to keep tabs on because a lot of the things aren't going to be trending anymore and you need to make sure that they get back there or at the very least continue to circulate. All those businesses that came out with their statements but haven't done anything, those are the ones that you need to harp and make sure that when things hit the fan in the future that they're the ones that are called upon, especially when it comes back to your city hall or local representatives. But I do want to move to some lighter topics because I think that with everything going on, I definitely want to inject some fun uh, into your daily life. And I think this week's recommendation is one that I've wanted to do for a long time and one that I recommend to a lot of people when they get started in audiobooks or books in general or um, are really into science and want to kind of delve into that. And so before you click away, because maybe you're like, oh, science, oh God, it's going to be so boring. I, I assure you this one is anything but. So without further Further ado, let's get started. Okay. So this week's recommendation is going to be books, podcasts, and videos of talking to or about the XKCD comic creator, Randall Monroe. So this week's episode is going to be all about XKCD, where you can learn more, the books that he's done, and what I think. So I think this day and age, um, when it comes to being wrong on the internet, there is nothing worse than being made fun of for not knowing something, especially in person. I think a lot of people, and I know me years and years ago when I was, you know, an arrogant know-it-all kid. When it came to somebody not knowing something, I usually like ridiculed them or um, would laugh and then tell them the answer. And XKCD has a comic, uh, The Lucky 10,000. And if you look at your phone right now or look in the show notes, there will be a hyperlink to it. But basically it is the idea that don't don't do that because by doing that, by making fun of somebody when they don't know something, you are basically training them to not come to you when they don't know something. And that's not what I want at all. When I want to be the guy that has the answers, the father that has all the answers. And so when someone doesn't know something, I get ecstatic or I ask more questions to figure out what exactly they don't understand. And then we get into how they can better grasp the material or where they can go to find answers told in maybe a different way that I'm not telling it. And so XKCD, started for me as a uh, just a comic strip. And then it became a lot more. Uh, if you were on Reddit, at least, you know, once a day, you've likely seen the uh, hyperlinked relevant XKCD under just about any comment or any uh, link anywhere. And it's because there's almost an XKCD strip for just about any scenario. Yes, any. And so when it comes to this comic strip, I think it's a lot of fun because it not only pokes fun at like the regular everyday life, but also things that will probably never, ever happen. Which brings me to his first book, I believe first book, which was What If? And these are like weird and worrying questions from his 
website where people submit questions about uh, super hypothetical things like a personal favorite of mine would be what if everybody on the face of the earth shine like took a laser pointer and shined it on the surface of the moon how many laser pointers would it take to illuminate half of the moon so it looks like the bright side of the moon when it's being shown on in the middle of the night so think of like a full moon and then if you darken out half of that moon how many laser pointers would you need to illuminate that side so that it looks like the other side and the <laughs> The, the level of detail that Randall goes through in order to answer this question is hilarious. And you can look up, you can just Google like what if laser pointer and it will probably come up. But the short answer is a lot. And the more detailed answer, like the spoilers for this, is that in order to do that, we would basically need like the power that would be more than the earth's consumption at any given minute in order to do that and by doing that not only would we cook the surface of the moon but we would set our atmosphere on fire so not exactly what you want to do but there are so many fun questions like how much is a mole of moles so a mole is a unit of measurement usually for the very very tiny things and then moles are like a rodent like a little small furry animal what if you had a mole m-o-l of moles m-o-l-e-s and so like he goes into all this and it's it's so much fun but the kicker to this is that the audiobooks which of course if you know me at all by now you know that i'm a huge fan of audiobooks and so the audiobooks are narrated by none other than will wheaton from star trek he's also narrated ready player one which is oh, such a great book a great book do not judge the book by the movie the book is like a bajillion times better i just need you to trust me on that really it is it has uh, man it's got like gundams in it it has so many rush references that it's 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 such a great book but but we're not here to talk about that i want to talk about the xkcd books so there's what if which was the first one then there's how to absurd scientific advice for common real world problems so this was the sequel to that and what i love most is he gets an astronaut he he calls an astronaut and not just not just any astronaut not just any run-of-the-mill astronaut he gets commander chris hadfield which if you don't know anything about chris hadfield he was the commander of the iss he's very very well known as a guy that he knows his stuff but randall basically talks about in the book just before this chapter how he was sending sending him an email like hey i'd like to ask you a bunch of random questions and uh there none of them are going to be ones that you've probably answered before and what's great is commander hatfield he takes all of these seriously like what if you had to land a house like for whatever reason you're sucked up into a tornado like wizard of oz and then it's plummeting down how do you land that or what how do you land if you're stuck outside the airplane but it's still flying or how do you should you land in a cornfield and do you land in the spring when there's barely anything there or should you land like later in the summer when everything is in full bloom and there's tons and tons of corn stock everywhere like how how do you do this and there are so many great answers and questions and he just like goes through it methodically like 
really thinking through this. And that's what I loved so much is because every every question, Commander Hatfield takes it seriously and he answers it seriously, even though like there's kind of like a laughy, jokey attitude to it. He breaks it down like an astronaut and like a fighter pilot. Like, how would you actually do this? And you learn a lot of really valuable things. Like he used to fly, I, th- I want to say in the book, he talks about flying commercial planes and he talks about like when they're flying over certain objects, like they want to know like, okay, should, how will we land there if you know, the worst should happen. But those examples are like, there's a ton of them. Um, in how to, he also talks about like, he talks about the best way to fill a pool. Like how, how to fill a pool? Would you, would it be best if you just like hacked into a well? Would it be best if you used rainwater? Would it be best if you just bought tons and tons and tons and tons of plastic water bottles? What is the best, most efficient way to fill a pool? There's one about like, uh, what's the best way to throw an object, how to throw an object. And then he gets into like, how far could you throw something? And then he gives you the equation for how to calculate with your mass and body weight, how you would be able to throw something, how you would be able to how to throw something and how far roughly you would be able to throw it. But the first book that I ever bought of XKCDs was Thing Explainer, which is like this really big, tall book and it's complicated stuff in simple words. And so he basically shows these big diagrams of like a cell, you know, things are made of cells, your body, all the things. And so he shows a cell and then labels it, labels them. There's one about a cell phone. There's one about a rocket ship. And this one is great because it's a lot of fun just to look through, especially if you're in college or you're in school or you're about to go to school. It's a really great way to study these things in a fun way. So you can take the humorous aspect to something that you might find kind of boring or dull and you can see it in a different light. And that kind of adds a different thing. And I think that's one of those uh, rare qualities that you kind of look for in a teacher or an educational YouTube channel where it's not so much the material is boring, it's the how it's presented. Like if a YouTuber is able to explain something like really fun, even though it's kind of boring, then that makes that way more fun to enjoy, even if it's like math. I think 3Blue1Brown is one of my favorite mathematics channels, or even Matt Parker, who also has a book out called Humble Pie, which is about a bunch of mathematical mistakes that have been made throughout history. And I think one of them was about this early ad. And basically it was Pepsi encouraging people to collect um, like tops so that eventually they would hope that you could turn them in and you could get like a jacket or pens, car, tons of stuff, right? But the last thing they said, and they said it costs like like 700,000 or 7 million, there's a zero in there somewhere. And they said, if you did that, you would be able to get a fighter jet, like an F-22. And a guy actually did it because those things are billions of dollars. So what he did is he got all the finances together. He called up his attorneys, made sure everything was cool there. Then he did it. And then Pepsi was like, uh, no, we're, we're not. No, it was a joke. Clearly it was a joke, but they didn't market it that way. And so they ended up going to court and the entire book is about that. Oh, well, not about that, but it's about like all these math mistakes throughout history that if people just sat down and did the math, you'd be good to go. And they're all hilarious. And XKCD is exactly like that. And in turn has inspired a bunch of my favorite educational YouTubers from the likes of Minute Physics, which is all stick figures. So of course you can see that, but Henry talks about how much he likes XKCD and it's very similar, but he goes into physics, like 
actual physics and talks about them and draws them out and does all these great animations. And I think they're wonderful. Three blue, one round, of course, also as well. Then you have Kyle Hill, who used to be a part of Because Science, which is one of my favorite nerdy YouTube channels. And he actually had Randall Monroe on and they did a doodle together. Like, could you heat your house with a volcano? And there was like all these really cool things about that. And NPR has had Randall Monroe on as well. And they've talked about like, okay, so why, why would you do this? And it turns out if you give a place for people to ask ridiculous science questions, they're going to give you tons and tons of answers. And I think really the humor here is phenomenal. I don't, I've never listened to one of these books or sat down to read them and not laughed. I think Will Wheaton is a fantastic narrator um, from everything that he's done. And I was never really a big fan of him back in Star Trek. And I think as he's gotten older, he's done so much that you can't help but really like him. And I, I love his voice because his voice is just inherently nerdy and when it comes to talking about science i feel like he's the perfect guy to do this and every time i sit down and listen i think it's fantastic and i think i don't i could i would probably dare you to listen to one of these books and hate it i think maybe some of it might be a little dry and might not be your style and that's okay but i will also have those youtube channels and a couple of my favorite videos linked um some of the podcasts as well that way you can kind of get a real well-rounded feeling to all of this. I also think it wouldn't be a stretch to say that the likes of someone like CGP Grey, who is also very stick figure based, might have also uh, been influenced by the likes of Randall Monroe. I'm not sure how long he's been doing his comic, but I do know that he's fantastic. I was able, I was lucky enough to be able to see him not too long ago in person when he was doing his book tour for How To, and we were all back. This was before uh, you know, this was last year and I went and saw him and he's just as charming and funny and nerdy in person as he is uh you know anywhere else we were able to ask him a bunch of like random questions and he just spitballed off the top of his head he even said that one of his favorite somebody asked him what his favorite strip was and he said that it was the lucky 10,000 he said it was from when he was a kid that he would go around asking questions or posing these questions and sometimes he would get ridiculed for them or um, made fun of because they were ridiculous and crazy and you know why does it matter but instead of doing that uh, as he's grown up he's become kind of like a science educator in a in an offshoot kind of a way and i think there's much like bill nye did with science when you know he had his tv show there's a way to talk about science and instill a love of science and physics and all of these fun things with you know at the same time by giving some level of uh, education to that so instead of just you know pondering these things okay so what if you actually sat down and calculated them out. Then you have a better answer and you kind of also know. And I think that's that's one of the, the better things. Like, why do we ask questions? And that is a fun one because I'm going to link a TED Talk by Michael from Vsauce. And he talks about that. He talks about, you know, why do we ask questions? Um, one of his, one of the ones he does is, you know, why, why are our eyes blue? Or why is the sky blue? And it turns out it's the same answer. 
something called Rayleigh scattering or Raleigh scattering, depending on where you live. And it's, it all has to do with how light bends and bounces off objects and stuff. And that's, that's why your eyes are blue. And that's why the sky is blue. It's the exact same reason. And asking these questions, you know, when you're a kid seems like this nonchalant kind of whatever. And as a parent, I can tell you that kids ask a lot of questions, but instead of coming up with some random answer or just Googling the answer, that way, you know, you can get a quick answer. Sit down and think about it. Why is the sky blue? Okay, is it the same reason as to why the ocean is blue? Or is there a different kind of light, you know, refraction, bending kind of a thing going on there? Why are some butterflies blue and some are orange? What is what does it have to do? What about birds? I think overall, XKCD is something that a lot of people could use right now. A lot of people need like a fun escape into a stick fill your world where uh, real science and things can be applied um, with a sarcastic kind of a humor, like a dry humor kind of a way. Um, I, I personally think that the audiobooks are honestly the best way to go. But if you get the physical books, those are also in some ways better than the audiobooks because there are doodles. There are little, little things sketched in the margins or little drawings down at the bottom where you can sit there and you can look at what's going on and the stick figures talk to each other and they're doing crazy things. And that's why I also like Thing Explainer, which is the other book that he did, which is, you know, a full cartoon book, basically, except it's like 18 inches long by like a foot. So it's not a small uh, little cartoon book. But honestly, I think XKCD is worth well, 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 well worth your time. And I think if you have a couple bucks to spare or, you know, you're looking at your next audible credit where wherever you should use it, I think honestly, XKCD is a great place to start. Um, but also, of course, like your local library is going to have them as well, or maybe a friend has them, or you can check out the podcast or the YouTube videos that I'll link below where he appears on and you can decide for yourself. But I honestly think that this is a, a good, solid, fun recommendation that anybody can enjoy. And I think that's going to do it for this week. So thank you for listening. Um, I'll be back again next week with a brand new recommendation. Uh, I got a lot of a lot of really positive feedback about the last episode, and that was something I was really worried about. Um, minor post-show note, which I don't ever do. The last episode was... Um, it was really hard for me, um, not only because throughout the past couple of weeks, I've had to come to terms with me, for lack of a better word, being ignorant and not knowing things that I thought I did. Um, I also was basically being upfront and honest about a lot of the things that made me uncomfortable. But as I'm sure you've heard by now, right now, being uncomfortable is a good thing. Uh, I think there are a lot of people that need their eyes opened and this call to action needs to continue. Uh, I think a lot of podcasters are having like black creators on or streamers and stuff the one time, but don't just do it the one time. Don't do it right now. Span it out. Push it out a few weeks. Bring it back around. And in fact, the Spawn on Me podcast, which I recommended last week in the show notes, if you noticed, they're doing a reunion this next week. So they're going to all get back together for a lesson in blackness, part due. And they're going to talk about, you know, what's changed since then, or if anything, or if they've noticed anything. And I'm really looking forward to that episode. And a lot of what we think of as society is all seen through our own personal biases and perspectives and stepping out of those and seeing a world in a different light can really help you not only be a better person, but be better to those around you. And I'm not going to stop. So I'll see you guys next time. Okay, bye.